one another this morning wish them God's blessings why is the s always come out <laughs> you may have your seats for a moment good to be here on this resurrection morning Really enjoyed the specials this morning, Sunday school, and uh, and uh, all the children in their innocence, and, and uh, the Sunday school teachers that try to keep them together. But God bless them. Sister Lisa appreciated that song. The old songs just have something about them that is that is so wonderful. It's Easter weekend, and Easter weekend there's many different meetings. We've been listening to some of them. Some are traveling in different places, some that have been down in Louisiana, some that have been in different places. We've had a lot of events going on, but uh, in it all, I trust you've found a place to just honor the Lord and fellowship with Him and commune with Him. On Friday, we had uh, our little uh, missions outreach, uh, number of our brethren were out there. I'm just going to show you a couple pictures, if you could put, put that up. And uh, it was nice to see everybody out there. So we had a number of people out and uh, just on the street, and they um, served the butter chicken. Now, that's not local to Canada, but that comes from somewhere else. And it was good, and uh, it was nice. The sisters were serving. People were coming by. And that's just, you know, the little thing you put out there, the beginning. And uh, there's, there's other pastries and things that they all put out, but uh, people would come by and get that. But we also made it such that when they come by, there's other things there. And uh, these were books. And uh, so when you do any of these events, you need somebody who's an initiator, somebody who's got a little bit of boldness to go out there. You need support crew. You also need contributors. You need those that have a burden for souls. And you know, need those that can show some wisdom in how to catch them. And so we had a little bit of everybody there. And there was a real team there. And um, so the books were out. And I watched some of the brothers. And as somebody would come by and, and they'd come and pick up some natural food, they kind of said, by the way, have you looked at this? And have you seen this? So it was, uh, it was a real blessing to watch the brothers that were there, and uh, there's people that were coming by, and uh, 
interest at the Easter weekend. You can witness maybe a little bit easier and talk about Christ. And uh, the brothers were all doing that. And God bless them. I was really encouraged by how they were doing that. And, uh, and it, was, it was really good just to take the time. By the way, Brother Max is in Saskatchewan today ministering for Brother Hennecke and Brother Bill Lewis. Remember him. Sun came out a little bit, and uh, it was it was really good. It was there's one of the ringleaders, <laughs> but uh, many came out. God bless you all that came, and I wanna I wanna just uh, just I'll do a couple more, and then I think we're about there. The Lord God has spoken, so. Okay, so I want to just uh, read a quotation, Brother Branham would say, and uh, you'd say, what, what does that do? Well, maybe it fed somebody, maybe it made their life a little bit better, maybe it, it goes a little further, and Brother Branham would say this, he'd say, you know, we, we looked to the meeting that was a great success, 5,000 came to the altar, he would say, there might not be one of them saved, not one of them, and you think, only two people came to the altar, but one of them might be a jewel. And he said, we're just saining in the creek. God picks out the fish. He knows what is fish and which is not. Maybe out of all of these things, maybe one person might come. But let's be found doing what we need to be doing. So God bless you all. And let's not lose the burden for souls. Let's not lose it in our prayers, in our witnessing. And, and you know what? Let's work together. And I, I was really blessed by how everybody was working together in that. So thank you for that. Easter, Easter weekend. And as I said, many are traveling in different places. And some have gone, but some have come. And uh, we see some of the Ablis family here. I don't know if they brought Brother Duane and Sister Connie with them or Brother Duane and Sister Connie brought them. But they all came here and so, somehow ended up here. We're happy to have our brother Dwayne and sister Connie here today. We want to just give them the liberty, and we want to be able to allow the word of God to, to reign and rule. You know, Easter is not just a, a memorial of a historical event. Uh, and and I, I'm going to just read this out of the message leadership, Brother Brandon would say, our Bible is the truth. Our God is the only one that's right. Each one of them had to point to a grave where their founder is still laying. But listen, listen now he says it. Christianity points to an open tomb. Okay, that's not all. It says, and can live in the presence of the one that was put in there. He's alive. He's not a God that was. He's a God that is. Not a I was or a I will be, but an I am. Do you believe that today? Let's stand together. I, I, I had to sing this. I felt like we need to make a declaration. And the little kids will love this. But I want to sing God's Not Dead. Okay, that might not be, the, that might not be your introduction song. But I think we need to sing it. We need to say, he's not dead. He's alive. Amen. He's living in me. Can we sing that this morning? Well, God's not dead. He is alive, God's not dead. He is alive, God's not dead. He is alive, I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. I feel him in my heart. 
Jesus was the first fruits of the resurrection. If there's first fruits, there's more. And we are being resurrected. The word that you hear while the world is dying, that quickens us. Thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Let's just change the order a little bit. We're going to invite our brother Dwayne. But I, I feel like singing Majesty, Majesty. If we can. Majesty. Worship His praise you this morning Lord you're not only the, the the Lord of glory Lord but you have become glorified father we're so grateful this morning that we have another opportunity Lord to witness the resurrection Lord in bodies that are made of flesh and blood oh God the word becoming life again father we love you this morning thank you again for this wonderful day bless father each one that's come into your divine presence this morning God feed our hearts this morning Lord Lord may you be glorified when we leave father may we say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord thank you father we ask your blessing on this service in Jesus Christ's name amen amen and amen God bless you thank you to the musicians 
God bless you. You may take your seats. Thank you, Brother Ed, for the invitation, Brother Harold. God bless you, each one. It is good to be here on the resurrection morning, isn't it? You know what's strange? <clears throat> I, I know, you know, I, I don't know about here, but, you know, back home they got the big board, billboards out. It's, it's not about the bunny. And, uh, but it only goes up once, once a year. You know, we're here this morning and we think, well, it should be different, but it's not. Because we're actually living the resurrection. We're actually living it. It's not one time a year. It's not just because it's... I'll tell you what, we're, we're, we are in resurrection season. Uh, that, that's a reality. I, I woke up early, early this morning. Here's this blanket of death laying over my vehicle again. And I think, Lord, is it almost over? But here's the reality, church. It don't matter how white. It don't matter how deep. It don't matter how cold. Just let the sun rise in its power and watch what happens. That stuff just melts beneath it. And if, the, and if the S-U-N can do that in the fullness of its strength, how much more the S-O-N in the fullness of His strength. Oh, God, what hour are we living in? I was, uh, you know, we got a little phone call here this last week, and, and uh, most of you probably already heard it. I see Brother Ray and Sister Tab are not here this, uh, this morning, but, you know, Sister Tabitha's dad, Brother Jim, passed on, and it was just weeks ago. I was sitting in the, you know, brother. I was sitting in the living room beside him, and you know, just fellowshipping on the good things of God. And he was telling me, brother Dwayne, I, I, I'm ready. I'm just ready. I'm just looking. He says, I know it's close. I'm just looking. I got the phone call. Sister Tammy called, and I got the phone call. And here's the reality. I was actually sad in my heart, but not for him. He's there. Everything he's preached about, this life that he's lived, uh, you know, every morning that he's got up and witnessed the rising of the sun and, and the resurrection season, he stepped in the moment out of a body of clay into an immortal body. I'll tell you what, I'm looking. I, I'm looking for that moment. I believe there's going to happen. One of these days, we're going to breathe our last breath. It might just happen in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. We're just going to put on a new body, step from mortality to an immortal world to, you know, where the grass is greener, the sky is bluer, the sun shines brighter, and there ain't one person that walks around like, good morning, morning. I was reminded on my way up here, I was reminded that we have the ability to change the atmosphere. God has made us creators. We have the ability to change. And, uh, you know, I stopped, we stopped in North Battleford and uh, made a little pit stop. You know how it is when you get past 50, it happens more routinely than it should. And, 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 and I happened to walk into the men's room, and there's a little sign, you know, knock before you come in, restroom in, in, in cleaning in progress. So I knocked. And this little, uh, you know, this little bitty woman, grumpy as can be, as soon as I knocked, I could hear her cussing. I could hear her muttering under her breath. And I walked in, and she's like, I don't know what you guys are going to do when we're not here anymore. I was like, well, yes, ma'am. So after she left, I was, I was thinking, Lord, that poor lady. I, I, I mean, this isn't a very rewarding job, but uh, I tell we sure appreciate it when it's clean. And uh, so I walked out of the bathroom, and she's standing up against the wall just waiting, you know, and I, I walked up to her and I said, Ma'am, I said, I just want to tell you how much I appreciate such a clean bathroom. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> it, it, you know, it just, it seems so little. 
But we have the ability, because he gave us the ability, to change the atmosphere. And so if we can just do that on something so simple, I'll tell you what, what can happen when Jesus, when Jesus comes in our midst, what happens? Uh, praise the Lord. So greetings from home this morning, and it doesn't seem like it's been that long since we've been here. And, uh, you know, just that great momentous day. Brother, I was, Brother Harold, I was thinking this morning, uh, yeah. You know, I know 80 years went by, and I remember that, but something else came to my mind when we were in the office, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, the last time I stood in the office with you brothers, I think he was wearing a love heart tie or something like that. Uh, I remember looking and thinking, wow, I don't know, you got a good wife. How do you know when a man really loves a woman? It's not the love hard tie. He just beats the path back and forth. From, oh, no, let me not go there this morning. Um, Brother Ed, you were talking about, I'm not sure if they brought us or we brought them, but I can assure you of one thing. We are not here for the same purposes. I came burdened. Sister Hannah asked me after we had communion service on Friday night, she said, Brother Dwayne, what, when, what time are you leaving tomorrow? I mean, I got a list that long, and I said, oh, Hannah, I, I don't know. So I said, I got to get up early, and whenever I get everything done, I'm going to go. I said, what time are you leaving? Same, whenever I get everything. I was thinking about 4 a.m. I'm like, you're on your own. <laughs> I, I don't know. Did you actually leave at that time, Jared? 20 after 5. <laughs> All right. Well, if you could get up at 20 after 5 because of an affection of a heart, um, some of us could have got. Some of us were up at twenty after five or before because of the affection of our heart, and uh, and it's just wonderful that we have another opportunity. Aren't you just looking forward to that day? I, you know, we had such a wonderful. I'm just having a hard time getting started this morning, so you forgive me. But I, I just had such a wonderful time when we were here a couple weekends ago in fellowship. It was just so sweet. It was just uh, there was something that was so special about it, and. Uh, I've just kind of lived on it for the last couple of weeks, so it's good to be home again. Home again. It's good to be back. Brother Ed, you told me I, I, you're at home here, so it's good to be home again. You know what? Let's just take our Bibles and stand to our feet, and, and Lord, just give me grace this morning. <clears throat> Bring you greetings from Brother Menno and Brother Gift and the saints at home, and, and uh, each one of them said to say a big hello. I said, one of these days, we'll just think about that thought. I just want to say hello to Brother Ed. There will be Brother Ed. I just want to say hello to, you know, Brother Tom. There will be Brother Tom. And I, no more of these weary days and, you know, dragging your body out of bed. And St. John chapter 12, verse 23. Starting at verse 23. <clears throat> And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And he that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. And if any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, 
there shall also my servant be. And if any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this cause came I unto this hour. Father, glorify thy name. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. And the people, therefore, that stood by and heard it said that it thundered. And others said, an angel spake to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. God bless you. You can have your seats. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. I think, isn't it just interesting, you know, as, uh, as we get started this morning, isn't it interesting that I, I, I find this very thought, and if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Here's, here's Jesus. Uh, you know, Jesus... Uh, understood his position. He understood where he was at. He knew what was waiting for him. He understood the death that laid in front of him. He had, heard, he had already read Isaiah's prophecy. He knew the word. He, he, he knew himself as, the, as that being that was conceived of a virgin. He understood, in by, 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 I would say not just by divine inspiration, but because he was the word, he understood his position in the word. And, and as, he, as he's standing there and ministering to the people, he, he makes a comment that if I be lifted up, I will draw men unto me. If you just read the, the next verse, it says, and thus he spake concerning his death. But he already knew that he was, he was going the way of the grave. He knew that he had to go into the ground, that the seed must be sown. He, he understood all that, and, and he understood that, you know, by Isaiah's prophecies, that, that he would take this body and that they would tear it to pieces, and, and, and that, that it would be to the place that he would be almost unrecognizable. He knew the pain that laid before him. He knew the shame that, would, that, that stood before him. And yet all, in all of that, he deemed what laid beyond the pain, what laid beyond the shame. The, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured. He endured. And I don't know about you, but that word endure means it, it, there's hardships and there's struggles and there's trials, there's disappointments, there's hurts. There's, there, there's many times that you would just turn your back and run if you could, but he wouldn't run away. He endured. He, let me say this. He couldn't run away, church. And it don't matter how low you get, sometimes you feel like that's it. I'm done. It's over. I'm, you can't run away. The seed of God lays in you. You've got to me. You've got to stay the course. And he could say, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Hallelujah. He knew what Moses spoke about. Cursed is he that hung on a tree. And he would become a curse for mankind. Not that he was cursed. He would take the curse. So that you and I could sit here this morning and enjoy the blessings of life. Hallelujah, what an hour, what an hour. We're so grateful this morning. You know, we've, we've heard so much. 
Aren't you glad we're just not living in, 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 in Luther's age anymore? Aren't you glad we're not just living in Wesley, Wesley's age anymore? Listen, we're, we're, we're far beyond those things. We're, we're living in the bride age. We're living at the full, we're, we're living in the consummation of the fullness of time. We're, we're just about there. And as much as evil is rising, so is the sons of God rising up. They are going to be manifested. They are reflecting a light of another kingdom. He's, he has said, Father, not my will, but thine be done. They've got the same heart desire. Lord, not my will, thine be done. I was thinking about Brother Jim, and, and it's like, you know, this world is just losing its taste. All, all the things that you thought you enjoyed, all the things that, were, that seemed to be pleasure for you, there's something about it. If you're a son of a God, it just, it's just waning. It's just getting more dim and more dim. And, and why? Because we're being drawn. We're being drawn. It's like Brother Lawson told, uh, told a little story one time. He said, you know, God's God. He says, you're like a fish on the end of the hook. He says, the fisherman has thrown out the line and you've bitten. It looks so good and then you try to run. And it just goes, Zzzz. But there comes a time where he just goes, Zzzz. Isn't that something? Every time you get close, every time you want to get a little bit closer to God, all of a sudden the devil comes in and scares you away. You might try and run and Father lets you run a little bit and then he goes, I tell you what, he's drawing us right into the ship. Praise the Lord. You know, Jesus, speaking of this, uh, uh, of this uh, scripture that we read this morning, he, he, he says this he's, in St. John chapter 10. He says, I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep and am known of mine. Isn't that something? He said, all the Father has given me will come. Why? Because every seed must bring forth after its kind. I know my sheep and am known of mine. And as the Father knoweth me, even so I, and so know I the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay, listen, because, listen to what he's saying. He's not forced to lay his life down. Jesus wasn't the lamb that, like every other lamb of the Old Testament where they grab it and wrap a little vine around its neck and begin pulling it. And I don't know if you've ever raised sheep. Some of you have. But guaranteed you pull and they'll just lock up. And they'll fight. They don't want to go. They don't want to. You try push them. They won't. Jesus was not that kind of a lamb. He came willingly. He said, therefore, he says, I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down myself. Wow, how powerful is that? Listen, we're talking about the King of kings, the Lord of glory. He's the author of all salvation, and he's making the proclamation, I myself am willingly... This same God that created the heavens, that created the earth, that absolutely laid out the universes and blew the stars out of his hands, created the, the fish and the sea and, and, and the birds and every part of this universe, here he's standing saying, listen, no man, no man is going to take my life from me. I am willingly, I am willingly laying it down. What was he doing, church? I have a little topic this morning. I thought, my thought was the way of a true king. 
the way of a true king because he is bringing many sons and daughters to that position of true rulership, of true reigning, of true kingship. And so we're going to look at the life of a true king for a few minutes. And he was a servant king. He absolutely, what he did, he did willingly. No man forced him. No man pushed him. No man coerced him. He didn't do it because he wanted somebody to feel sorry for him. He literally knew that there was more seed laying there that needed to come to life. So I'm willingly, I willingly sacrifice myself. My. Oh God, what a lesson for us this morning. If he, the king, became subject to his own will. Not my will, but thine be done. He had, the, he had the right to have a home. He had the right to be somebody important. He could have been the king right then. They were looking for him to do that. But he chose not to do any of that, but to lay his life down in a complete humility. I think, oh God, I have power. No man taketh it from me. I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. This is the same one that said I come from God and I go to God. Let's not lose sight of this this morning. I, I am so convinced this morning that when we read these words, if you are part of him, you can't help but read your own name into that. You can't help but see yourself in the book. I think, oh, sometimes we look at the book and we say, well, the book was written and there's a Jeremiah and there's an Isaiah and there's a Nehemiah and there's all these great men, Daniel and the Hebrew children. We go to John and, and Peter and all them and we forget that it's us the book was written about. It's me that's in the book. When the Lamb broke the seals, I found my name. It was in the book. Oh, it maybe didn't say Dwayne Fair, but every time I read, I see a reflection of my life. I see something that denotes, denotes where I'm at in my walk with the Lord. I hear the Spirit of God drawing me. This book is written because of you. Because of you. This book is not written for the world. This book is not written for the make-believer. This is the believer's book. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I come from God. Listen, Jesus came from God, from the eternal glory, from the eternal, how do we call it, the, the throne up in heaven as it were. He stepped out of the eternities and became, allowed himself to become so small that it would take a microscope to see that little seed. Allowed himself to be placed into the womb of a woman that was sin-born. Allowed himself to be birthed in the most, uh, in the most simple, the most primitive, the most, uh, I want to say, stinky place that could be born. Came to earth with a dirty name. Came to this earth. The God of glory came to this earth with a dirty name. And the same one is saying, no man can take my life from me. I willingly lay it down. Oh, my. Elohim. God. Jehovah God. Where is he at this morning? The same Jehovah God that, that became Melchizedek one day and showed himself to one of his children, Abraham. The same God stepped down into a body called Jesus. The same God came in a perfect being to become that, that sacrificial lamb for you and I. Hallelujah. We're so thankful this morning. What an hour. You know, it's no wonder that John screamed 
When we read over the book of Revelations, when he was crying and he was groaning and he was beside himself because no man was able to open the book. No man was worthy. And then John heard one of the elders behind him say, just a minute, John, just a minute. We found one. There's one worthy. The Bible says, and John turned around to look. He didn't see a man like me dressed in a suit, hair combed all nice, wearing nice shoes. He watched a, a man that had been shredded and torn apart, a bleeding lamb step out from behind the veil of eternity. No wonder John began to rejoice. No wonder he began to worship. No wonder all heaven broke loose. Why? Because somebody was found worthy. Because somebody was found worthy. I lay my life down. I, no man takes it. I lay it down. I will pick it back up again. Hallelujah. What love. Such wondrous love. I'll tell you what, we are so, when we look at it, we feel like, oh, we're so undeserving. So undeserving of God's love. And in one sense, that's altogether true. And yet in another sense, there's nothing, there is nothing greater that you would give your life for than somebody you love. Listen, you're absolutely, you're the purchased of the blood of Jesus Christ. If there's a, you know, we're, we're, we're fellowshipping a little bit the other night, and if there's, a, if there's a bride price to be paid, then the ultimate price would be to pay with your own life. You can buy one cows, two cows, five cows, ten cows, but the ultimate would be when you give your own life. Hallelujah. The king of glory steps down to become born in, in, the, in the most minute. Do you realize that every attribute that was in God was in that minute little, that little blood cell? It was all packaged up in there just waiting to be expressed. Hallelujah. Come to the smallest man in the city, Brother Brown said, had to look down on him. This great God that we speak of this morning, this one that we're talking about in resurrection, I'm just, just, let me, just let me get my background set this morning. This one that we're talking about in resurrection, he could become the way of a true king, shed his immortal robes of glory, take it off, wrap himself in a robe of flesh, not step down from the heavens with great angelic, uh, you know, bands playing and angels saluting. He had all that. The Bible says, Brother Bram says that they worshipped him day and night, holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. He stepped completely, shed his robes, put on a robe of flesh, stepped out of glory, come down here, not as a king. Not as a king, even though he was a king. But he come looking just like you and just like me. He come to experience what it was like to be scoffed at, to be made fun of for what you stand for, to be made tried to be made ashamed for what you believe in, for the for the life that you lived. Do you realize that all hell is against the very life that you tabernacle this morning? Every bit of hell has been turned loose on you. Why? Because you are tabernacling the same spirit that was in the firstborn son of God. Hallelujah. If he was the first, that means there's many more sons to come. Now we're speaking of the way of a true king. He was not ashamed. Listen, listen, church. He was not ashamed. And Brother Marshall, I was just so blessed this morning when I started seeing these things. And, and, and you know, here he was. Jesus. We come here and look at us. Look at us. 
every one of us dressed in suits and ties and, you know, we come looking our best and, you know, we come with our, you know, our clothes are clean, our, our cars are washed and, you know, we, we come and we've brushed our teeth and we smell good and here we come to our little church and we sit down today, we're coming to worship Brother Ed. But the question is, what would you do when somebody steps off the street? Some little woman that hasn't slept all night, like the one that had the alabaster box. Oh, maybe her clothes aren't just right, because she don't have nothing better. What happens when the Spirit of God draws her? She gets close to this little tabernacle and says, hey, you need to go in. And for some unknown reason, she turns and walks in. Is she going to feel comfortable in your presence? Because let me tell you something, that little woman that had the alabaster box, she was as, as, as though she was so ashamed of her life, as though she had nothing good to offer, she did not feel uncomfortable. When she was in the presence of Jesus Christ, she knew she was loved. She knew she was forgiven. She knew that there was a sanctuary, not in, not in, in Pilate's home, or not Pilate's home, but in the, uh, uh, Simon's home. The sanctuary wasn't in Simon's home. The sanctuary was at the feet of Jesus. And when she found herself there, she didn't feel, I wouldn't say not ashamed, she was comfortable to remain there. She knew he had something to offer that she couldn't get nowhere else. But would they feel the same if they walked in these doors? Woo! I have glorified it. And I will glorify it again. Isn't this something how we get so comfortable in our ways? We've got the message of the hour. We've got the word. We know church order. We know what should be done. We know what should transpire. But can the sinner walk in and feel at home? I'm not saying that he still doesn't feel, he doesn't have, you know, that the Holy Spirit doesn't, he doesn't have conviction. But what about when he shakes your hand? What about when he shakes your hand, Brother Marshall? Does he actually feel the love of God? Does he actually seem like it's the love of God? Or is it just somebody handing out soup? Did you read the sign? And buttered chicken and the bread of life? Such as I have, I give unto thee. Listen, they, not, they got to know that you love them in their condition. In their condition. Oh, we love everybody as long as our suits are clean and, 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 and you know, our hair is just right. And, hey, come on, let's just be, let's be honest. Watch how carnal we can get sometimes. I'll tell you what, you just kind of be dressed up a little bit. I'm not talking about a suit, but just even have, you know, some nice clothes on. Walk out and you just happen to meet somebody. Where's my farmer friend back there? Where are you at, brother? You know who I'm talking about, the sheep farmer. You know? Just let him come in out of the barn one time when he stinks and he's got manure and stuff all over him and, he, and you walk in the yard and he's like, hey, brother, and you're like, bah, I don't want to get dirty. I'm just being honest. Our humanity. But is that how they feel? If they should walk in the tabernacle? That you're like, I don't want to get dirty for the very God 
the very God that we worship this morning, this very God that you say is tabernacling in, in your own life, would he act any different? I'll tell you what he'd do. He'd look right at the preachers, and he'd say, you low down snakes in the grass. But he'd go right to the sinner and sit with them at meat. He'd go right to the sinner and sit with them at meat. He would sit there and drink with them. He'd fellowship with them. Why? Just for the opportunity to give them eternal life. Are they all seed? No, they're not all seed. But if one, Brother Ed, if one, one soul worth a million worlds, where were you? Where was I? Who picked you up out of the mud? Who raised you up to sit in heavenly places? It wasn't Brother Ed. It wasn't Brother Harold. It was an almighty God. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Let me tell you something, that God is alive this morning, and the reality is he's still got flesh and blood. I can shake his hand. I can hug his neck. I can tell him that I love him. He's not somewhere out in the eternities dwelling around, just floating around. He's him tabernacled in a body of clay again. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. He wasn't ashamed to be seen with the vilest. He wasn't ashamed to go to the places where they were at. We are just talking about this the other day, and I was reminded of a little story, not a story, a testimony. If I could call it that, some, somebody had told me that they had, many years ago, they had, uh, they had walked down into Jeffersonville, and, and Brother Brown, you know, in some of the messages, he, he, gives, he gives us little hints of where he's been, the cave, and, and, and you know, eighth and pen, and, and, and little things like that, and, and at some point, he talked about his barber, so, so he went, uh, somebody was looking, uh, they wanted to ask him about Brother Brown, so they found this barber shop and said, hey, do you know, do you know Reverend Branham? And the barber looked at him and said, Reverend Branham, you mean Billy Branham? Well, yeah, yeah, the prophet, Reverend Branham. What do you mean prophet? Jeffersonville, Indiana. What do you mean prophet? You mean Billy Branham? Well, yeah, I guess the same one. He said, yeah, sure, I know Billy Branham. I cut his hair, and, and he says, I know who he is. He says, you mean the same little preacher that comes down every Monday morning and wanders down below the bridge, and there he feeds the homeless? Oh, where did you find that on tape? You didn't. Because we don't always tell the right hand what the left hand is doing. But we must be about the Father's business. Hallelujah. He was not a king, church. He was the king. He was not a king. He was the king in the way of a true king. If there's ever been a greater sacrifice made that, I, that you know of, please tell me. Please tell me. But the true king set an example before his own children that would also become kings and priests. And it wasn't just a way of religion. It wasn't just going to church and putting in time. Let me tell you something, the true king lived his life on Monday morning, on Tuesday afternoon, on Wednesday, not just in the evening service. He lived his whole life, day after day, led by the Spirit of God, just like you and I are, are called to do. Hallelujah. You talk about humility, the way of a true king. Humility. Wow. Owns everything. Becomes nothing. From the highest of heavens. 
to the lowest place on earth. Even lower than that. For he walked right down to the depths of hell and pounded on the door. To redeem you and me. Let me tell you something. You can't get so low, but our God can't get under you. Hallelujah. There had to be a door hung. There had to be a door. There had to be a way. Jesus said, I am the door. I am the way. But the door has to be hung before it can open. It does no good be just hanging on the wall. Let me tell you something. All your pictures of Christ, all your pictures of the pillar of fire, all your books on your shelves at home, all your CDs and all your tapes and all of our memorabilia means nothing if it doesn't become life. If it's not hung, it doesn't become anything. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12 says this, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be weary and faint. Hallelujah. No man takes it from me. I lay it down willingly. Hebrews 10, after this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God, from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. For by one offering he has perfected forever them that are sanctified. But this man, after he had sacrificed for sins forever, sat down. No man takes it from me. I lay it down. I want to get to this little scripture right now. And if I be lifted up, and if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. This is what I want to look at this morning. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. We, re, you know, we realized this morning that, that, that the throne of God is not somewhere out in the yonders. You know, Brother Bram said one time that he, he, he dwelt in the eternities, and then he found his dwelling place in a body called Jesus Christ. And the throne of God was there. That was the dwelling place. That's where God was moving from. That's where the authority of God was from. And he said, but now the throne of God is in man. So let's not lose sight of where we're at. Now the throne of God is in man. In other words, where is God dwelling? In the heart. He's right here in your heart, in your being. And uh, so I want to look at this little, this little scripture. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. And I'm just going to maybe take a little different slant on it this morning. But I, I want us to look at it carefully. The scripture says, and I. Doesn't say Brother Ed and Brother Ed if he's lifted up. It doesn't say Brother Marshall if Brother Marshall's lifted up. It doesn't say Brother Harold or Brother Dwayne. It says, and I. Red letters, I. In other words, this is your God that's speaking to you. And I, if I be lifted up. Personal pronoun, God. God Almighty. The same one who said, let there be, is the same one that's saying, and I. Now listen close this morning. If. There's one two-letter word, and I, if I be lifted up. Is, is this scripture, when we look at it, I, I, you know, scripture has compound fulfillment, but is this scripture entirely just referring to Jesus? Because the scripture says, and I, if I be lifted up. There was not going to be an if. The scripture had already proclaimed that they were going to hang him on a tree. 
already proclaimed there was going to be a sacrifice made. Already he knew that he was going to die and he was going to rise again. It was already, Jesus already knew that. So, so we can look at that knowing that there had to be a lamb or you and I wouldn't be here this morning. And we know that it's not, was, you know, there he was hanging on the tree. That's 2,000 years ago. And for 2,000 years, there's millions and billions and billions of people that never saw that body. But the spirit had to be loosed that was in the body. And if I be lifted up, I will draw men. Listen to what the scripture says. If. If is a, it's, 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 it's a word that has a choice. There's a choice there. You can if you want, but you don't have to. If. It's like I told Brother Head, you know, if I'm not there, start without me. If. I might not be there. What's going to go wrong? I might have got the wrong time. Something might have happened. How often do we say that? Yeah, I'll be there if. I'll do this if. It leaves a little loophole that we could escape if we have to. So I'm looking at the scripture this morning or yesterday, and it's like, if. If I be lifted up from the earth. If I be lifted, to be lifted up is to be placed in a position of preeminence. Is this only talking about the body of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross? Or does it go deeper? Does it go deeper? If I be lifted up. In other words, if I be exalted, if I come into that place of authority, if you put me there, if I be lifted up from, from the earth, it's true Jesus was there. He was on the earth. It's true there had to be a sacrifice. It's true he bridged the gap between mortality and immortality. It's true. But I got to look in, like, in the Greek, in the lexicon. This little word from means from the interior outwards. If I be lifted up from the earth, from the interior, where is the dwelling place of God, church? He's now dwelling in the heart of man, but you have to give him the authority to reign in your life. It's free moral agency. If you'll just open the door, if you'll just lay it down, if you'll lay your life down. Listen, if I be lifted up, in other words, if I'm exalted from the interior, oh yeah, we're Christians, yes, we're believers, but are you secret believers? Or has God begun to express himself? Has he begun to live his life out? Is he God in manifestation or is he just God in word? Because if he's just God in word, he's not going to do no good for you. If he's just God in a letter on a book, he does the world no good. But when the Spirit comes to quicken the letter, when the Spirit comes to quicken the seed in your life, if I be lifted up, all right, who is he? He's the word. All right, from the interior, from where? From the earth. What are you made out of? What am I made out of? Where is the dwelling place of God? 
in your being this morning. The great mystery that deity, God himself, Jehovah, would come to walk and talk in a, in a sin-born man. That he would take a preeminence in our beings. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. What a decision. What a choice. You and I are sitting here this morning. You're here this morning because you made a decision to honor. Not Easter, but to honor the resurrection. Not just Sunday morning. You're honoring the resurrection, which is Christ. The very God that resurrected from the dead is now alive. You're here to honor the resurrection, and we are part of this resurrection. Hallelujah. Brother Branham says this. He says, and Jesus was here, uh, when Jesus was here confronting the greatest test that he ever had, Gethsemane lay just before him, where that once and final all-sufficient test must come. And when the burdens of the entire world laid upon his blessed shoulders, there was no one in all the heavens or the earth could ever stood it but him. And to know that all the sins of past sins, all the present sins, and all the future sins, that's us. These are my sins he's talking about. Rested upon this decision, it was one of the most greatest victories that Christ ever won or proved his great messiahship as when he said to God, not my will. Wow. Tempted, tried, tested in every condition, every situation you go through. He already has been there. He's already overcome it. He knows what it's like to be burdened with it. He knows what it's like to be tormented. He knows what it's like to be, he knows all about it this morning, church. You're not walking any place that he didn't already go. Hallelujah. But the greatest victory he could see that he had was when he said, not my will. He was a man. He wanted to live. He wanted to marry. He wanted to have a family. He wanted to enjoy. He wanted to go to, to, to rule in his kingship. He wanted all that. It was, and it was becoming to him. He was a king. He could have had it. But he chose, I want to say, to delay it. He chose to delay it. Not my will, but thine be done. That was the greatest victory he ever won. All the demons of torment was around him to tempt him and to try him. Hallelujah. A God, a king that rules. You know, Hezekiah, so many times we just love to take the scriptures and we love to go and hear the tapes and we love to know that God is moving and that God is, you know, that he was God. But, uh, he's been God through the history. We can just go and, and we can look at it. But, you know, I was hearing Brother Harold pray this morning. He said, go, we, you know, Lord, bring him down, bring herself down present. Not just a God of history, but the God of today. Amen. The God of today. Let me tell you, he's here this morning, church. He's here this morning, for he promised where two or three would be gathered in my name. I'll be there in their midst. I don't know about you, but I'm going to say I'm one of them this morning. 
Amen. Hezekiah, you know, he was a he he was in a he was in a in a, in a position, and we we know he was a great king. And, but there came a time when when his when his city got surrounded by by I believe the Bible says 185,000 Assyrians. Then they boxed him in and they walled him up, and, and they began Satan began to make his proclamation, and and they sent him the letter from uh, Sennacherib, I believe it was, and and he you know the the devil he just liked to he likes to brag on all of his triumphs, what it looks like, and all of his all of his glories and I defeated this king and I defeated that king and I defeated this king and I now own their kingdoms and he'll, he'll show you I, I've got a hold of I watched that man fall and I've dragged that one out of your congregation I stole your children he wants you to look at all of that but Hezekiah was a son of God Hezekiah was a word-born seed gene of God for his day and he got to the place where he looked and it was all fearful all around him so he did what was right he did what was right. Listen, 2 Kings chapter 19 says this, and Hezekiah received the letter of the hands of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord. He didn't run down the street. He didn't crawl into his little closet and, and start weeping and moaning and thinking, oh God, my poor family, and oh Lord, what are they going to do to my children? And Listen, don't you let the devil pull that one over you. You start seeing your children go wayward and it doesn't look like they want to serve God. Don't you give him an ounce. Don't you give him nothing. You got a promise that said, God, you said apply the token in my home and me and my house shall be saved. Hallelujah. He can drag, he might pull them out. He might take them a long, long ways down. But somewhere as they come to the end of the line and God starts reeling them in. Listen, it's not a 30-pound test. It's not a 50-pound test. This cable cannot be broken. It don't matter if, if, if the, who is it, Levithon or Leviathan, whatever Job saw. It doesn't matter if the, the, the greatest of serpents comes out of the depths of the sea to grab them. It don't matter where they're at. When God begins to pull them, he can hang on and hang on and hang on. But let me tell you, the mighty hand of God is strong. The arm of faith is great. They just begin to come. They don't know why. They fight. They struggle. But they're coming anyhow. Praise God, aren't you glad this morning that the fisher of man got a hold of you? Hallelujah. I'm so thankful this morning. Hezekiah got it before God, he says, and, he, and Hezekiah went into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. There's no greater place to take your burden than to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art God. Listen to Hezekiah, lift him up. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Listen to Hezekiah lift him up this morning, church. Oh, that we would lift him this way in our prayer life. Oh, God, the Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art capital G-O-D, not small G-O-D, thou art God. In other words, you rule, you reign supreme. Nothing is greater. What's he doing? He's lifting him up. He's placing him in that position that, God, there's nobody greater than you. Oh God, how precious it is when you, when you find yourself in that secret closet and the, and, the, and the Spirit of God comes upon you and you can pray from the inside out. It's not words anymore, Brother Ed. It's, 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 it's words of God being uttered forth. It becomes vocabulary. God's got something to work with. Hallelujah. Which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art the God, even thou alone of all the kingdoms of the earth thou hast made 
heaven and earth. Now listen to him make his petition. Lord, bow down thine ear, hear and open, and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes and see. Watch what he does. You know, he could have allowed those words that Sennacherib wrote to become his words of fear. But he chose not to. In other words, in, instead he took the word of a living God and he lifted it up above his fears, above what he was seeing with his eyes, above what might happen in his life. He took the word of God and he lifted it where it belongs. Oh, to God that we would keep the word of God at the forefront of our eyes. Hallelujah. Lord, thine eyes see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which has sent him to reproach the living God. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed the nations in their lands and have cast their gods into the fire. Isn't it here? He just makes it. He just puts it all together. For they were no gods anyhow. In other words, it was the works of man's hands. It had no bearing. It had no, there was nothing that was living. It was just traditions. It was just forms. It was just ways. It was, listen, church, don't never let your life become like that. Amen. Don't let your life just become a form or a tradition or a way of life. He was saying they're not gods anywheres. He said, but they were the works of men's hands, wood and stone, and therefore they have destroyed them. Hallelujah. Now, therefore, O Lord our God, I beseech thee, Save thou us out of his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth. What's he doing? In other words, Lord, give me testimony. Lord, give me a test. Give us a testimony, Lord. Lord, prove yourself one more time. Just like, just like Samson, just once more, Lord. Prove yourself one more time that thou art God. Come on, church, you don't have, there's not a battle so great that your God's not greater still. There's not a weakness that is so, that has such a power over you that God is not greater than that. He's God. That all, in other words, listen, save us out of his hand that all the kingdoms, in other words, when you do this, Lord, we're going to proclaim it. We're going to tell the people on the street corners. We're going to tell the people at the grocery store. We're going to tell the people at school. I'm going to tell the saints or the people at work how mighty our God is. Oh, how good it is just to sit with brothers and fellowship and pour out different testimonies. Listen, we need to hear it, but they need to hear it more than we do. We believe God because he's the word. They need to hear the reality of a living God. That and all the kingdoms of the earth, that they may know that thou art the Lord, even thou only. Brothers, I want to just jump down to verse 35. It says, And it came to pass that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred, fourscore, and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. What did he do? He lifted God up out of his, Hezekiah lifted God up out of history. God, we know you did those things then. Lord, we know you've done great things, but I need you to do something great today. Lord, I need you to come on the scene today. That's where Paul and Silas were that day. You know, when they got in prison there and they were beaten down. Listen, they didn't let God. Can I say this? If I be lifted up, I'm pointing. I'm not pointing to Brother Dwayne. I'm pointing to the God that chose to dwell in Brother Dwayne. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Not Brother Dwayne. We're not here to build kingdoms. We're here for one kingdom, Brother Ed. We're here to see the kingdom of God glorified. 
Hallelujah. When we can look at, here's Paul and Silas in prison, and they chose, under all their beatings, under all their pain, under all their hurt, they chose to worship God. They chose to lift their hands. They chose to, uh, to express what was inside of them. If I be lifted up, they willingly laid down their own pride. They laid down their own, their own desires. Something was bubbling on the inside, and they begin to lift him up. Oh, great is our God. How great. Amen. Listen, they weren't ashamed. It didn't matter if their prisoners were around them. It didn't matter if the guards were standing there, clanking at the door, banging them, telling them to shut up. They didn't hear any of it. All they could sing was, Oh, God, how blessed we are that we could suffer for your namesake. How often we look at life the wrong way. We get a little little trouble come our way, and the first thing we do is put our head between our knees and prepare to crash. Isn't that what they say in the paper in the airplane? If there's a mayday call, just put your head between your knees and prepare because you're going to crash. Listen, brothers, we ain't crashing. We might fall down, but he'll lift us up. Hallelujah. If I be lifted up, Paul and Silas literally changed the atmosphere of that jail. And what did it do? It set a, it set a jailer and his whole family free. Hallelujah, your trial's not your trial this morning. It might not be for you this morning. It might be for somebody else altogether. I'm so thankful that that God is a living God. I think all we need to do is get back. I took a little subject here uh, last Sunday, I believe it was at home, just took a little subject on on the reality of God, the blessing of a trial. He says they're more blessed. When we're in a trial, it's the most blessed thing that could happen to us, but we don't like it. But we don't like it. You know, here Paul and Silas were there, and, and they begin to sing. And it lifted God up out of history and brought him down present. Well, there's a time Peter ended up in jail. Peter ended up in jail, and it wasn't Peter doing the praying. But there was a group of believers that got together, and they got in a little house, and they began to beseech God. What were they doing? They were calling God out of history, out of eternity, out of the past, and bringing him down present to their day. And the Bible said, all of a sudden, an angel comes walking down, tells Peter, come on out. I'm leading you out. I'm so thankful God has sent an angel in this age to lead us out of the prison of Lady Osea. Come on, church. Hallelujah, we got so much to be thankful for this morning. Praise be to a living God. Their prayers lifted him up. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I don't imagine they were praying, God, send an angelic being down to that prison, set our brother free. Oh, no, they weren't praying, but God gave them more than what they asked for. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, he's happy to send an angel your way too this morning. He is. You know, there stood John Ryan that day. I get to looking at these things and I just get thrilled because we have such an ability within us. We don't recognize the power that's laying within you. Come on, church, lift him out of history this morning. Lift him out of last week. Lift him out of last month. Lift him out of 50 years ago or 20 years ago when he moved in your life. Lift him out. Lay your life down so he can be raised up. Hallelujah. 
There's John Ryan that day when he stands behind a, you know, stands before a prophet of God and, and there he is blind as a bat and can't see a thing. And a prophet pronounces him healed. And he walks away saying, praise God for healing me. Comes back oh, the, the, the same night or the next night and says, I'm still blind. I thought you told me I was healed. He said, did you believe me? He said, yeah, then go, go, go praise God. Listen, he was in his own prison. He was in his own prison with his own little cane or his own little seeing eye dog or whatever way he made his way. But let me tell you something. He lifted God out of history by the very words of his own mouth. As pray, uh, how do they say, extra, extra, read all about it. Praise God for healing me. Oh, it would behoove us this morning. Some of us get so bogged down in our prison, in our mind. But let me tell you something. There's a man that can turn on the light this morning. There's a man that's willing to set us free. The gate is open. The door is open. Follow the angel out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God for healing me. Where are you at, sis? Praise God for healing me. Don't you worry about COVID. That's just a filthy name of the devil. You can wake up in the morning. I don't care how weak we get. We can say, God, I arise in the strength of Jesus Christ. Because he lives, we live also. Hallelujah. God's not dead. What a perfect song. God's not dead. He is alive. I don't have to feel him. I don't have to feel him in my hands. I don't have to feel him in my feet. I know he's alive because he's changed my life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, old John, didn't he? He had his hands full. You don't think that he got some mocking? You don't think that he got some ridicule? This poor old blind man been blind all of his life? You don't think they didn't make fun of him? Well, the prophet of God said when they sat him down in the barber chair and John started testifying, the barber began to make fun of him. What's he doing trying to rob you of your testimony? Do what John did. Praise God for healing me. Oh, I'm feeling a little worse this morning. Praise God for, let me tell you a little testimony. Can I tell you a testimony? This one just burns me up. It's back at home. One of our little brothers back at home. He called me the other day and he says, Brother Dwayne, probably a week or so ago or whatever it's been now. He said, Brother Dwayne, he said, he said, I I, I just got to tell you something. He said, I was, I, I got in, it was Saturday night. He says, I got home and he says, I was, I was so, I wasn't feeling good, man. I was just getting worse by the minute and worse by, and I was laying there and finally I was thinking, oh God, I, I, I better not go to church tomorrow. I'm not feeling good and I don't want to give this to somebody else. And he said, I was laying there and all of a sudden it struck me. He said, that's the devil talking to me. That's the devil making me feel like this. He said, you know what I did, Brother Dwayne? He said, I said to him, I said, no. He said, I said to him, now listen here, Satan. I want to tell you something. He said, tomorrow morning when I get out of bed, I am going to church, and I will drag you with me if you don't want to go, but I am going. That is taking preeminence, church. That is letting the devil know whose side you're on. He said, I will drag this body to church, and if you want to come and sit there, come right along, because I'm going to enjoy it. He said, I got up awake the next morning. I felt great. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lift him up out of history, church. He's God. He's worthy. He's living. He's alive. Hallelujah. We want to look into his face, and we think we just want to look into the face of Jesus Christ. But remember, there was a Martin one day who had wrapped his coat around a beggar that was laying there. And that night, the Lord Jesus comes to him wrapped in the same coat. 
It didn't look like the Lord Jesus, but let me tell you something. There's a badger skin that's wrapping around him this morning. He's wrapped inside of these old vessels of clay. Let's lift him up out of history. Don't let him lay back on Wednesday night service. Don't let him, don't let him just enjoy, you know, three weeks ago, but bring him right where you're at. Hallelujah. Now listen, in order for him to be lifted up in our lives, if I be lifted up, I will. That is a promise. That is a promise. And either we believe this word this morning or we don't. I will. That wasn't a man that spoke that. Because if it was, it would never happen. When God speaks, it always happens. Maybe not in our time, but in his time it always happens. Listen, if we are willing... If we want to see him lifted up in our lives, in our homes, in our church, everywhere we're at, if we want to see Jesus Christ high and lifted up, then you're going to have to die this morning. Not like we haven't died once already. We died to self many years ago. But listen, any son, any daughter of God that is willing, here's the key word, he willingly laid his life down. Willingly. In other words, he made a conscious decision, Brother Ed, that, you know what, I'm home from work, and bless God, this is, isn't, this is how we are right now. This is 21st century. We get home from work, oh, I'm so tired. Out comes our phone. I've just got to wind down. I'm not saying anything against that. Be careful how long that thing stays in your fingers. Maybe the Holy Spirit's just tapping you on the shoulder or on the knee. Hey, son, I need to talk to you. I just, I, just, I just want a little bit of time to fellowship with you this evening. Right. Yeah, right, right away, Lord. I'll, I'll do that right away. As soon as I'm done this, and this, and then that, and then that, and pretty soon you're like, you've got a, a loop, a ring in your nose, and you're being led down the internet highway from this little site to that little site, to, and then it's 10.30, and you're like, <gasps> then you get on your knees and you fall asleep. willingly lay down conscious decision a battle between the man of the soul and the man of the flesh oh wretched man that I am when you can lay down willingly every desire every ambition every thought every motive when you can be willingly stripped spiritually speaking so that you lay there naked before your God. Listen, he sees us as we are anyhow. He sees us as we are anyhow. To let go of our prides and our egos. Willingly lay ourselves on that cross of self-will. You know what a cross is? It's a place where two ways meet. Your way or God's way. The way of a true king or the way of one that wants to be a king. When we're willing to lay it down, every bit of it, watch and see, I have power to lay it down and I have power to raise it up. If you're a son of God or a daughter of God this morning, you will 
willingly because the Spirit of God is in you. You will willingly lay it down. You say, well, Brother Dwayne, I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I've just had these battles for so long, and I've been fighting with this for so many years. And I, I, Listen, do you want it or don't you? Do you want it or don't you? You know, what, what, what do they teach you in today's business world? If you want something, you're going to give your life for it. You've got to go with all your heart. You've got to go get it. Don't let nothing stand in your way. If you want to see Jesus rise... If you want to see the resurrection in your life, I want to say this. I believe we've watched this for years. You, you that's been born again, how, how often have we seen God has taken us from one glory to another glory? He's conquered one enemy in our life only to be faced with something else, then conquers that enemy. In our, we just keep rising from glory to glory to glory. We're being changed. Hallelujah. Don't stop now. Paul said, I got to die daily. I got to die daily. Lay it down. Lay it down. Let the Holy Ghost have his way in your life. If I be lifted up, I will. That's absolute. That's for sure. The Holy Ghost will do it in our lives. This is the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I, I, you know, we, we come to that place where we're looking for. We're looking, sometimes we're looking for a perfect, for ourselves to become perfect. Where we're not going to make a mistake anymore. We're not going to come up short anymore. We're not going to... Let me just assure you that as long as you're living in this, ba- in, the, in this body right now, you are going to fight with that thing until you lay it down. Until it's laid and... You know what? Brother Jim has no more battle with, his old, with the old flesh. Not once more does he battle with it. Not once more does his stomach going to give him trouble. Not once more is he going to be tempted by a wrong thought. Not once more is he going to be led down a wrong path. Not one more mistake. Not one more failure. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. We realize this morning that we're coming to the completion we're coming to perfection. This is the capstone. This is the capstone age, and the capstone is bringing up such a perfection on this little bride. She is not dissuaded. This word has become everything. She is so in love with this word. And I'm not talking about the letter. I'm talking about the man behind the word. She is so in love with this word that she only has one desire: Lord, that I would be pleasing to you. You know, you know, if she knows, you know, a good wife, if she knows that her husband like apple juice and not orange juice, she'll put apple juice before him. She'll never keep putting orange juice in front of him. Well, you just need to learn how to like it because I'm going to serve. No, 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 no. She knows he, his, he likes apple juice. She'll serve him apple juice. This little bride has one interest in her bridegroom. Lord, that I would be pleasing that my walk would please you, my talk would please you, my thought life would please you, my, 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 my work life would please you, my after work life would please you. Lord, all that I do, I want to please you. Hallelujah. You know, we've been given, uh, we, we've been, the Bible says you've been given power to tread on the heads of serpents and scorpions. You've been given power over demons and principalities and powers. Why? Because you have been resurrected with Christ. You've been already resurrected with Him. The door is open. The life is there. The question is, are we going to die daily to move higher with Jesus? Are we going to give Him preeminence so that He can truly have preeminence in our life? 
So that when you get up tomorrow morning and you're heading down, uh, you're, you know, you're heading off to work and all of a sudden this, you know, there's a roadblock in front of you. You can't go left. You can't. You've got to turn around and go back and you've got a big detour and now you're all frustrated. Oh my. Oh my. Well, hold on. Who put? Don't you know that God knew that roadblock was going to be there? Maybe that roadblock was there for your sake. Maybe you've got to come by a corner somewhere maybe just to stop and to talk to one person. We don't know that the car breaks down and somebody comes by to help you with your tire. What's that all about? Listen, we're sons and daughters of God this morning. Hallelujah. If the musicians would come. We're not wrestling against principalities and powers. We're, we're, we're rest, uh, we are wrestling with principalities and powers. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. This is a spiritual warfare. But Jesus said, if I... And I want to say this again. If I be lifted up from the earth, and I'm just taking it on this, this, this level this morning, if I be lifted up from the earth, if you'll just lift him up in your life, lift him up in your praise, lift him up in your prayer life, lift him up in your testimony, lift him when you, listen, every, all these things we do, what are we doing? We're lifting up the King of Kings. The Lord of glory, we're not here to take, you know, men's accolades and pat our backs and say, wow, look at what we have accomplished. No, look what God has done. Look what God has done. If he could take somebody like me and so clean me up and look at me then, but look at me now. Don't look at what I was, look at what I am. Look what God has made us. Hallelujah. True, true kingship is a way of humility. willingly. Can I encourage you this morning? This is resurrection morning, but there can't be a resurrection. First, there's a death. You say, well, Brother Dwayne, we've already died. I know, so have I. I'm not preaching like we haven't died. What I'm preaching about is walk in the resurrection. Walk in the life. Let the life of God walk in you. Hallelujah. Lay your life down and lift him up out of history. Lay your own desire down. Listen, this God, there was one time that the God we preach about was a mystery. But it's not anymore. He's not mysterious anymore. We know who he is. We know where he's living. We know what he likes. We know what he thinks. We know what his word says. All the secrets have been already opened up to us. Listen, for 2,000 years, the book was closed. It's not closed anymore. It's open. He's unveiled his heart to us. He's unveiled it. The very, his very being is laid before us. The mystery of God is over for you. But for them, they still don't understand who he is. He's still a man that's hanging on a cross or a man that was put in a tomb, but he came forth. And now he's ascended yonder, and they're still praising a man that's yonder somewheres. Brother Branham said when they pray, he says, who are you praying to? A man asked him that question one time. Who you, Brother Branham, who do you pray to? He said, I pray, Jesus, no, who did Jesus pray to? He said, he prayed to the God that was in him. Amen. It's powerful. Powerful. He's not a mystery. And if he is, he wants to reveal himself to you. He doesn't want to remain a mystery. Listen, he wants to... Our own lives, sometimes we feel like our own lives are a mystery. We don't understand them. But why don't you just let the King of kings, the Lord of glory, reveal himself in your life. 
So then you will understand the mystery of your life. He had power to lay it down, and he had power to raise it up again. 2,000 years ago, they placed him in a tomb, and the prison bars of death locked around him. There he was, encapsulated in a cold morgue somewhere. But did he stay there? No, why? Because the power that was in him, I have power to lay my life down, and I have power to raise it up again. If that same God is living in you this morning, then there is not a prison hold in your life that he's not able to break open the door of the prison. He's not a prison hold in your life that he can't walk through this morning. If you'll just give him authority to open that door and you'll let him be raised up out of history. Where you can walk out with a testimony of your, uh, of your own. The earth couldn't hold him then. And the earth, this tabernacle, this wretched man can't hold him now. When his word is preached, something inside rises up and it says, that's me. You know, the little boy that, that walked up the stairs that day and, and he was with his mama and he looked in the mirror and, and he began to move his hands and finally he figured out, that's me, mama, that's me. Amen. Listen, we've looked into the mirror and we can say, Papa, Papa, that's me. That's me you're talking about. Hallelujah. I'm that man, Lord. Praise God. There's no complex in your life. There's no frustration in your life. There's not, an out, there's not a place that Satan can put guilt in your life. There's not a place that he can put condemnation in your life. There's not a place nowhere that the prison bars wouldn't have to break open. And Jesus Christ couldn't live. Listen, he defeated Satan. We aren't defeating Satan this morning. We are more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. He already conquered them. We're more than conquerors. All we've got to do is take the word and put it on our lips and speak it. Lord, I believe it. Brother Dwayne, I'm sick this morning. No, you're not sick this morning. You're healed in the name of Jesus. Don't let it come out of your mouth again. Your own testimony is what's going to hold Satan. He's going to allow it. It's going to allow him to put the bond around you. He's just going to keep getting tighter. I'm getting worse. I'm feeling worse. I'm, oh, no. Oh, I don't want to go there. What are we afraid of this morning? What are we afraid of? Jesus wasn't afraid. You think he didn't have pain? You didn't think he didn't have emotion? You didn't think he wasn't a man? He was not afraid of the grave, brother. He was not afraid of every devil in hell that would torment him. He was afraid of none of it. He was the resurrection and the life. Then what are we afraid of this morning? Satan would just love to put fear in your life. He'd just love to tell you, no, you'll never get over. No, things will always be this way for you. You'll never get out of this condition. Don't you believe that for one minute? He is alive. I am the resurrection and I am the life. And I that was once dead, I now live. And because I live, you, who, me, Dwayne Fair, because he lives, I live also. That means that in my health, he is my health. When I'm weak, he's my strength. When I'm frustrated, he's my peace. 
When things are going wrong, He's my consolation. When the banker's knocking on the door, He's Jehovah Jireh. When my kids are walking out the door, He's the Holy Ghost that's going to bring them back one day. And they're going to have a testimony that gives Him glory. Hallelujah. He is alive this morning. He is risen from the dead. And He's not dead. Don't you let him stay in a tomb this morning. Don't you house him in an old dead form. Don't you house him in an old dead creature. Let Jesus live. I don't care if you're 21. I don't care if you're 15. I don't care if you're 85. Let the God of glory live. And a voice came from heaven saying, I have glorified it and I will. That means future tense. Brother Ed, I don't believe he's just looking for a resurrection. I believe he's being glorified right now. In your pain, when you say, I believe he's the same, he's glorified. In your heart, when you say, Jesus, you paid the whole price, he's glorified. In your prayer, when you push everything aside, he's glorified. When you walk down the street and the power of God surrounds you, looking like a lady, acting like a lady, being a Christian, he's glorified. Hallelujah. Those who he has justified, he has already glorified. I'll tell you what, I want all that he's got for me here. I want every part of it. God, help me be willing this morning as a true king. I'm not talking about a king on this earth. I'm talking about a king from glory. Now are we kings. Now are we priests. As two children of God, did he not say he would bring many sons to glory? Does that just mean that we're going to be glorified when we get there? That's the consummation of it all. But I believe that Jesus Christ is glorified even now. He will bring many sons to glory. What kind of glory? Does he mean pomp? Does he, Brother Dwayne, does that mean I get to drive around in a... What's, what's, what's something real high-end, guys? What kind of car? Not, you know what I'm talking about. Thank you. At least somebody had some courage. Does that mean that Brother Dwayne gets to drive around in a Bugatti and he gets to wear more than a $25 suit and a $35 pair of shoes? And Look at me. Well, if you can pull that one from that book right there and you can show me where the King of Kings that the Bible said would come riding one day out of the book of Revelations on a white horse, that he's ready for battle. If you can show me that King when he stepped on the face of this earth, he didn't come just riding on a white horse when he walked when he rode into Jerusalem that day, Brother Ed. He took a little old white donkey, a little mule, a little colt, and there he rode in as a king. As the king. When we can humble ourselves, when we're willing to lay it down, God, if I don't get the job, it don't matter. Lord, if you want me somewhere else, it don't matter. Lord, whatever you have for my life, it don't matter. Just let me please you. When we can have that kind of a spirit in us, that this life doesn't matter when I am lifted up, I'll tell you what, brothers, your testimony. When you go to work, they might not agree with you, but they'll say, there's a man of God. When you sisters go down the street, when you go to work, they might make fun of you and call you up, but they'll, all of a sudden they'll start backing up. And you're just sharing a testimony the other day. Yeah, Brother Danny, about your dad, that big old man. 
There's Brother Rolf every day going back to work, meatpacking plant, meatpacking plant, meatpacking. Brother Rolf, a Christian, not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, lifting him up out of history, bringing him down, testifying of what God has done in this age. There's Brother Rolf, and somebody starts making fun of him. There's this big old dude working there. Brother Rolf, Rolf, those guys giving you a hard time? Yeah, kind of. They won't after this. Walk right up into their face. Don't you ever treat that man like that again. Did he receive the word? Nope. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men. Daddy, you have the ability to lift them up before your children this morning. When you get out of bed, when you come home in your mind, there's so much pressure in your mind just wants to blow apart. He who is in you is greater still. You can find that little spot and that mommy doesn't have to be affected by it and the kids don't have to be affected by it. If you'll just take them somewhere, find that little prayer closet somewhere and lift him up in your life till he has preeminence in the moment. God, I want that this morning. We talk about this Jesus that lives and I believe with all my heart, he lives. He's not dead. And he has chosen by his own divine purpose, flesh and blood, to walk and talk in. But Marshall, when you get out on the street, let the love of God prevail. Your butter chicken might be top notch, but it ain't nothing compared to the bread of life. Oh, yeah. You love him this morning. Aren't you glad? Don't you just want to give him that little extra, Lord? I don't want nothing. I don't want no bars. Lord, I, I don't want anything. This is resurrection time, Lord. I want to rise up with you. Lord, I want to lay my life down. I want to lay my desire down. I want to lay, I want to lay my feelings and my frustrations in my heart. I want to just lay it all down, Lord. I want to lay it there. Lord, just take it and nail it. Lord, nail it to the cross so it never has to get up with me again. Father, rise up in my life. Be glorified. Be glorified. You love him this morning. Let's stand to our feet. What do you plan, sis? Oh, I just want to Just one.